Hello, Hockey Town. This is Detroit sports writer and longtime Red Wings fan, Nolan Bianchi, welcoming you to Lockdown Red Wings for Monday, January 20th, 2020. Uh, big thanks for all of you who've tuned in for our first show. And a reminder to tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell anybody that you might know who's as crazy about the Red Wings as you are to download and subscribe to Lockdown Red Wings as we look to build our little community here. You can follow me on Twitter at Nolan Bianchi, and please be sure to follow Locked On Red Wings on Twitter as well. You can find that at LO underscore Red Wings. That's LO underscore Red Wings. Uh, You'll be the first to see when a new episode drops. You can join in on the conversation, share disparaging memes, whatever you like to do out in these Twitter streets. Uh, But in the meantime, thanks again, as always, uh, for listening. So we got a bit of a packed show for you guys today with the Red Wings playing back-to-back games at home against the Pittsburgh Penguins and Florida Panthers over the weekend. Both losses uh, in rather spirited efforts. I know that, you know, professional sports, we don't like to count much for moral victories, but when your team is chasing uh, distinction as the worst team since the lockout, I think you do kind of revel in the, the little minor victories. And so with that being said, uh, first things first is the first star since the first show of last week, and that'll be goaltender Jimmy Howard. Now, I might catch some flack for that. I hope I don't alienate any of our listeners on our first show, considering that, uh, you know, typically when we do the first first star since the first show of last week, that'll date back to Monday. Um, But we didn't drop an episode till Thursday. So I'm going to play the semantics a bit here and show Howard some love. Um... Obviously, with that uh, three goals and seven shots or whatever it was against the New York Islanders on Wednesday, and then the uh, you know additional five goals on on twenty seven shots, I think it was against Buffalo. Uh, he has not been looking good as of late. He when he's in net instead of Jonathan Bernier feels like an automatic loss. Uh, so the way that he bounced back after giving up eight goals on thirty four shots in those two previous games uh, was really impressive to me. Uh, faced 37 shots each against Pittsburgh and Florida. Both those games, he had a save percentage of over 900. That snapped a six-game skid with a save percentage below. Went 946 on Friday in the loss against Pittsburgh and 919 in the 4-1 loss against Florida. Now, uh, you know, we're going to go through the games a bit and kind of explain, you know, what his role was in these two losses. But he was really the biggest reason that the Red Wings were able to stay in both of those two games. Obviously, Pittsburgh coming in with all their firepower, their notorious scoring ability, and a very, very motivated Florida Panthers team on the outside looking in of the Eastern Conference playoffs at the moment, trying to get back in that race. Um, and, you know, while, while the Red Wings, they played a, a little better than we're used to seeing them over this past weekend in the two losses to Pittsburgh and Florida. I thought that Jimmy Howard was the biggest reason that they were able to stay in those games. Um, you know, his time as a top goaltender in the league has been over for a minute now. We've been through pretty much all of it with him since he came up with the Red Wings uh, back in the late 2000s. But, you know, with, with Detroit settling in, as we mentioned before, as one of the worst teams since the lockout, you do kind of root for these little moral victories, and for all intents and purposes, this definitely counts. Uh, he looked good going side to side, I thought, especially that's what impressed me most this weekend. He stayed very poised, uh, stopped several breakaways, including two within a span of a couple of minutes against Alexander Barkov on Saturday. 
the big reason why Florida was one for six on the power play with that, you know, one goal coming late in the third period to put the Panthers up three to one. But as we've seen much throughout the year, usually with Jonathan Bernier net, the goal scoring simply isn't there to su- support decent goaltending at times. And this weekend was no different. Um, the, the, the goal differential has reached uh, minus 85 which is last in the NHL by, I think, uh, a full 40 goals. And the simple fact of the matter is that despite, you know, how well your goaltender plays to win games in this league, you're going to have to score more than one or more than two, which on its own is a rare occurrence. So really just needed some more goal scoring out of the Red Wings this weekend to supplement that effort from Jimmy Howard. Like I said, we'll get more of those games uh, here in a little bit. But in the meantime, just want to give you a quick update on what happened in Grand Rapids this weekend. The Griffins extended their point streak to six games now, something the Red Wings will uh, probably never amount to this season, taking one out of two at home over the weekend, defeating the Ice Rockford Ice Hogs at Van Andel Arena on Friday night, 4-1, to one, before falling to the Belleville Senators 4-3 to three in a shootout in that same arena uh, a night later. Captain Matthew Ford played in his 700th AHL game and was one of two Griffins, uh, along with Dominic Schein, to record both a goal and an assist in Friday's win. And Pat Nagel earned his second victory of the season by stopping 21 of 22 shots in net for the for the Griffins on Friday night. Uh, next night, a little bit different. The Griffins give up two goals in the third period to uh, send the game into overtime 3-3. Michael Rasmussen and Matt Pumple nearly close out the weekend with a sweep of the visitors uh, as each man hit the post in overtime. But the Senators would eventually take it in a shootout. Shine scored in that one as well. And the Griffins, uh, while earning that point in the shootout loss, did, you know, advance to 3 0 and 2 on their eight game homestand and extend their point streak to six games, like we mentioned before. And that'll move them into third place uh, or a tie for third place in the Central Division. Tarhorosi assisted on a goal by Dennis Cholaski in Saturday night's overtime loss. That was a one-timer giving him the second goal of his season in Grand Rapids. And Evgeny Shnevechnikov as well scored his sixth of the season in a Griffins uniform. Uh, Grand Rapids, they'll have a few days off before taking on the Iowa Wild at home on Wednesday and concluding the home stretch with back-to-back games against the San Diego Gulls on Friday and Saturday this weekend. We'll have more for you on the Griffins next Monday with our Grand Rapids update. Uh, But in the meantime, let's just get right to Red Wings and Penguins from Friday night. All right, and we'll start the recap of the weekend with Friday night's loss to Pittsburgh. Red Wings lose 2-1 in overtime. Sidney Crosby gets the goal from Evgeny Malkin. Of course, some horrible, horrible memories of 2008 starting to surface a little bit. Uh, but that's, you know, kind of long in the past, so we're not really thinking about that anymore. Frankly, uh, we're moved on to much, much darker times here in Hockey Town. Red Wings enter the game having lost previous contests to Buffalo and the Islanders by a score of 13-3 to combined. And Jimmy Howard is starting in net, so what could possibly go wrong? Turns out not all that much. Uh... The Red Wings looked, re- <laughs> I mean, not really good on Friday night, but they looked pretty solid on Friday night. Uh, you know, Jimmy Howard's been bad in general, like we said, but he's been especially bad in the first period. He looked good in the opening frame on Friday night. You know, weathered quite a few storms from that Pittsburgh offense. Uh, their first power play, they had a ton of chances, and and Jimmy Howard got Detroit out of the first period in a nothing nothing tie. I think if you're a Red Wings fan watching that game. 
you came out of the first period just relieved that the Red Wings weren't down by two or three uh, because the Penguins definitely had their chances. Uh, they go on their first full power play. Penguins start to find their legs. Crosby nearly scores on the man advantage. There's a couple breakdowns on the ensuing penalty kill. Brian Russ breaks free through the middle and can't finish. Hornquist has a couple centering passes that he couldn't bury. Uh, just a lot of activity around Howard's net. Uh, but he stood tall. And, you know, the Red Wings come back, and they able to get a couple of scoring chances to end the period. Phillips Adina with two shots on net consecutively that, you know, weren't great angle shots, but we always complain about how this team doesn't score enough grimy goals in and around the, the crease. And I thought that this was a good example of a young player getting to the nose, trying to bury one off of a rebound. And he came close, but ultimately, you know, the angle just wasn't there on it. Uh, and the Red Wings close out the third period going <laughs> into the locker room, nothing, nothing. So I think expectations going into that game to where they were after 20 minutes, I think overall you're reasonably happy with how the, the Red Wings play. And I think that a lot of times, at least for me when I watch these games, especially when they're, the Red Wings are playing a team like Pittsburgh, you kind of wait for the other shoe to drop whenever the Red Wings are playing well. And they didn't get the win on Friday night, but that shoe never really dropped. Uh, they were in it the entire game. Howard again sets the tone with a glove save on Malkin to start the second period. And there's a part of you that's kind of watching that game thinking to yourself, oh, this is one of the games that they steal. Obviously, that didn't turn out to be the case, but it was definitely within reach. Uh, a couple minutes later, Abdelkader draws a penalty on Ashton Reese to give the worst the Wings their first full power play of the game, which you know has not been good all season. They enter Friday night at 15%, and that first power play starts off no different. It looked pretty dysfunctional to start. Fabry turned the puck over about 20 seconds in, then couldn't get a shot off after receiving a pass all alone. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like, okay, here we go again. We're going to have the same same Red Wings power play that doesn't help the team win games. And while that was the case on Saturday night, they went 0-7 against Florida. Wasn't necessarily the case on Friday, as they do get a power play goal from Villip Sedina, thanks to the screen from Giovanni Smith out front. Slap shot right on the ice, right through the old five hole there. Tails oldest time, gives the Red Wings a 1-0 lead. And they head into the third period with that 1-0 lead. Just a couple minutes in, Penguins tied up on the power play. Jimmy Howard looks a little awkward trying to get over to stop the shot on Brian Rust. He's a little deep in his net, and it looks a little awkward, and you kind of start to say to yourself, oh, okay, there it is. There it is, because we're all pessimistic here. We've seen this story too many times. The wheels are about to start falling off. That wasn't necessarily the case, especially not with Jimmy Howard. He made two great stops on Chris Letang he, on shots in the slot. Um, even the goal that Crosby scored in overtime wasn't necessarily Howard's fault. That's just a bang-bang play between guys like Malkin and Crosby who have a knack for, for making that you know cross-crease pass. Done it a million times. Do it every day in practice, I'm sure. Uh, the second you go on PK in overtime, it kind of starts to feel like a little bit of a loss anyways. So all in all, really just not a game that you can necessarily blame on uh, Jimmy Howard. Who was uh, quoted afterwards as saying, when you give skilled players like that constant looks on the power play, they're going to make you pay. It's as simple as that. Now that's especially true for the Red Wings, who at 73% are the owners of the league's worst penalty kill unit. And... A lot of times when you look at these games, these 2-1 games, 
that's usually where the difference lies, is in the special teams. Uh, Pittsburgh goes two for four on the power play. The Red Wings go one for four. Obviously not the worst night for the Red Wings uh, power play unit, given that they did score while they go 0 for seven the following night against Florida. But still, it's one of those things where you need to lock it down on the penalty kill if you're going to hope to to pull out wins. And you got to find wins like this in the game within the game. Another place where they got kind of dragged around uh, when you talk about the game within the game is uh, the giveaway department. Detroit has 15 giveaways to Pittsburgh 6. That's going to create a lot of offensive opportunities simply by nature, depending on where they happen. But when you look <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a stat that's that differentiating between the two teams, it's going to be an obvious thing to look at as you know, the reason why one team got the win and another didn't. Uh, now, another note from that game was the return of Trevor Daly, former Pittsburgh defenseman, won two cups, I believe 2016, 2017, something like that. Feels like that's way farther in the past than it actually was. Uh, but he, he came back to the lineup Friday night. He gets 19 minutes of ice time. And by the way, just Philip Peronik, he uh, he put in another another Iron Man game on Friday night as well. He had 26 minutes on the game, uh, two shots on net, two block shots. And that was actually the block shots, if we can talk about that for one second, that was one thing that actually really helped keep the Red Wings stay in the game. Uh, You know you got a goaltender who's struggling in Jimmy Howard. Uh, Let's see here. How many shots did they stop Friday night? Mm, About 19. So 19 block shots on Friday night. That is what you want to see in terms of effort. That's one of those tangible things. You can kind of point at and say, okay, well, at least they're not giving up just yet. Because um, 19 block shots, and, and for a struggling goaltender, that's letting your goaltender know that you haven't given up on him either. And that's a team working to do anything that they can to pick up a win. I know at times it probably feels like you know this team has sunk so far below the, the ether of what we know to be an acceptable hockey team that we kind of say, who's even trying out there anymore? But... I don't know. I don't ever really look at this team and really get concerned over that. So while the giveaways aren't great, uh, that's something that definitely needs to be shored up. You do get a little bit encouraged by the block shots and say, okay, well, we're going to see some fight from this team down the stretch. And really, at this point of the season, that's all you're really looking for. Uh, who's going to be that young guy to step up and prove that he's a building block for the future? So really, if you're looking for an encouraging stat from Friday night's loss, that's probably it outside of the performance from Jimmy Howard, who did stop 35 of 37 shots against the Penguins. Like we said, great bounce back game. And the following night, he would play uh, just his second actual back-to-back two games and two nights for the first time since I believe it was uh, February of 2018. Uh, so that's pretty much all from this game. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about Jimmy Howard coming up in our Florida Panthers recap. But real quick, guys, if you've been a listener to any of the podcasts on the network, then I'm sure you've heard about all the great advertisers working with Lockdown to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Lockdown Red Wings is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Red Wings fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. 
If your company wants to connect with Red Wings fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated, cha-ching, with disposable income, cha-ching, then let's put your company right here on this Lockdown Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Lockdown Advertising success. Now, once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockdownPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, we now take it to Saturday night where the Red Wings dropped their sixth straight to the Florida Panthers. This one, a 4-1 to one loss at Little Caesars Arena against that motivated Panthers team like we talked about in the first back-to-back start for Jimmy Howard since February of 2018. And once again, the special teams tells the story of this one. Red Wings go 0 for 7 on the power play. Florida against their insurance goal on the power play. Alexander Barkov puts him up 3 to 1 late in the third. And, you know, up until that point, the Red Wings never really felt out of this one. They probably should have. After the first period, they gave up 13 scoring chances and two goals. And that's the period that you kind of look at and say, okay, well, that was where they lost the game. And, uh, you know, you wouldn't be wrong because. The Red Wings hopped on a power play, and Jimmy Howard is forced to stop a breakaway. Then he stops a shorthanded chance and another near breakaway by Frank Vetrano. Power play couldn't manage to get any time in the offensive zone. Zero shots on their, their first power play of the game, and then that ended up being a little bit indicative of things to come. The The second power play looked a little bit better. Phil Peronic gets a beautiful chance out front right off the bat, but his attempt to get it to Bertuzzi is blocked. Bertuzzi and Larkin get some rebound chances on a shot block or uh, on a blocked Fabry shots some moments later. You know, Philpula has a nice look from the slot that goes wide, and they don't score, but the boys are starting to buzz a little bit. Unfortunately, that didn't help them create any momentum on the special teams going forward. Uh, you got some quotes from. Uh, both Dylan Larkin and Jeff Belashel after the game saying that the power play is almost, quote, trying too hard and maybe overcomplicating things. You know, we just talked about their first two opportunities of the game and their last two opportunities of the game when they're down in the third period that looks pretty much the same. It's like we said, or like like Blashell and uh, Larkin said, it's a little overcomplicated. Um, you see Barkov strip Madison Bowie in the neutral zone on their first power play of the third period, and the team looks looks shaky trying to move the puck. Everything's a little bit wide. Nothing is tape to tape. Every pass just misses the mark, and you know that plays a huge factor in the success of your power play. All it takes is you know a defenseman having to reach just a little bit far for that puck for the whole rhythm to get thrown off of the unit. And that seems like that's something that kind of happens to the Red Wings a lot. It's an errant pass or a puck that can't be settled down that leads to the other team clearing the zone. Uh, you have the final power play of the game. They get the wires crossed on their first zone entry and are called for offsides. And, you know, you just start to shake your head. You're like, this is the team's best chance to win the game. And they literally can't enter the zone without turning the puck over or at least giving Florida the opportunity to clear it. Whether or not they're able to stop that clearing is a whole other story. But in this happenstance, they weren't. Florida did a great job of clogging things at the blue line, forcing Aaron Dumpins, and just grabbing control of the puck and ripping it right back out. So that's definitely one thing that is going to have to improve if they do hope to win any games down the stretch. They're 
going to, you know, have to rely on solid goaltending like they got on Saturday from, you know, whether it be Jimmy Howard or whenever Jonathan Bernier comes back. That's obviously going to be a part of them picking up wins down the stretch. But if they don't convert on special teams and they're still allowing themselves to get beat on special teams, then it's going to be really, really tough for this team to keep trying to uh, squeak out wins. Like I said, Jimmy Howard, again, looked great. He stopped two breakaways that we talked about. And then he made a great effort to get cross crease on a couple Panthers chances during their four-minute power play, both rebounds, one-timers. Uh, you know, so that was nice to see. He ends up giving up two at the end of the period. Nothing, or, you know, neither of them are really particularly his fault. Uh, you know, Huberto takes advantage of a misassignment and gets it up the ice to Dadnoff, who walks in all alone, puts the Panthers up one nothing. You know, things quickly start to spiral out of control after the Panthers immediately go back on the offensive and uh, Pisic buries a rebound to make it 2-0. So you got a breakaway and a rebound going against Jimmy Howard uh, to put the Panthers up 2-1, or 2-0, I should say. And once again, you kind of look at it and say, man, Jimmy Howard's kind of keeping him in this game. It probably should have been more. 13 chances in that opening period. That is not what you want to see. And just heading into that second period, down to nothing after the heartbreaking loss the night before, giving up those 13 scoring chances in the first period. I really kind of expected this one to get out of control in a hurry, uh, but it didn't. Red Wings have a really strong second period. They hop on the penalty kill almost immediately for a slash to Dylan Larkin. That was the, oh no, are the wheels going to fall off moment for me personally. Uh, and then it ends up being a blessing in disguise, of course, as a beautiful pass from Helms brings him free on a breakaway out of the box. He goes backhand, forehand, gets it up over Bobrovsky for his 100th career goal. Uh, and just a quick shout-out to uh, Darren Helm. That was a gorgeous, gorgeous tape-to-tape pass. He goes, bare, or, you know, brings the puck off his own boards, near the hash marks, give it one look, slides it across the ice, hundreds of feet. I don't know how long. I don't know actually how long that would be, uh, you know, from the hash mark to the blue line. But whatever, we'll say over 100 feet. Uh, and it's really just right on his tape. Dylan Larkin goes in. He becomes the fourth youngest Red Wing, 200 goals. And the Red Wings have the game at 2-1. They're within a goal. They're a shot away. They go on the power play after cutting the deficit to 2-1. They have some decent puck movement, get some clean looks throughout. But the story of this game as we mentioned before, was their inability to finish on that man advantage. There's only two teams with the worst power play percentage in the league than Detroit. Uh, so that unit, while you don't really expect them to win you games, uh, going 0-7 downright hurts you, so you definitely don't want to see that. Like we mentioned, Red Wings get two chances on the power play in the third period to tie the game. Can't convert on either of them. Panthers come back the other way. Late, Barkov gets his, his goal on the night after several really good looks on Jimmy Howard, two breakaways, and then the Panthers add an empty netter late in the game, make it 4-1, make it that nice three-goal deficit. But like we said, it was really a lot closer than that, and shout-out to Jimmy Howard for keeping his team in the game. The power play needs to be better. And it's not going to get any easier. They've got games coming up against Colorado and the Rangers, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this team comes together down the stretch, who they rally around, who the guys are that step up and, and become team leaders. We saw it a bit this weekend with Jimmy Howard finally settling back into his groove. And it'll be interesting, too. You know, Jonathan Bernier, I, I believe Jeff Blaschel just said that he probably won't be back before the All-Star game. So right now that's Jimmy Howard's net. 
And, uh, you know, hopefully for his sake and for the Red Wings' sake and for watchability's sake that he's able to keep up his recent play. Uh, he's 36 now, so, you know, we're not necessarily watching for the future. Uh, but it's really great, in my opinion, you know, when you kind of look for these little wins throughout a season and you have a player who's been here as long as he has to not completely just fall off and let father time catch up with you without having you know a, a swan song or two perhaps so hopefully he's able to keep it up down the stretch uh you know playing goaltender in the nhl probably one of the hardest hardest positions to play in all of sports uh and he's done that you know very very well at a high level here for the last 10 years so kudos to you jimmy uh we're all rooting for you and uh we'll see if he can keep it up this week they got games against colorado on uh, on Monday that we'll talk about on Tuesday's show. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe. So that's in your inbox when you wake up on tomorrow morning. And uh, in the meantime, be sure to tell your friends. Like we said, follow us on social media. I'm at Nolan Bianchi. You can follow the podcast stream at LO underscore Red Wings. That's at LO underscore Red Wings. Tweet at us. Share your thoughts on the Red Wings, the episode, uh, you know, whatever you'd like. Get the conversation rolling with us. Uh, we want to build a little community here at Locked On Red Wings, um, and, and you're a big part of that. You're obviously one of the first few listeners if you're listening to this show, so don't be afraid to uh, share your thoughts. You know, when you root for a team that's this bad, you can kind of be turned off of extra content. You know, why do I care what's going on from day to day if they're not winning? All I care about is the future, and I get that. Uh, but I think there is still a lot of value to be taken from the daily, from taking a daily look at this team uh, throughout the rest of the season. So be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a recap of the game on Monday against Colorado Avalanche, uh, as well as a look ahead at what the Red Wings face the rest of the week. They got the Wild coming in on Wednesday, uh, and then looks like a nice break after that. So. Download, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, and stay locked on Red Wings. We'll see you tomorrow.